Hi, this is Matthew Tregesser from FAIR, and this is Mornings with Matthew. Today I'm joined by Julia Post. Welcome, Julia. Thanks, Matthew. So today I wanted to talk about three things that you put in your immigration update report last week. The House Homeland Security hearings, the Border Patrol dealing with an unprecedented migrant health crisis, and the American worker being forgotten. So the first thing on the list was the, uh, the hearings that took place last Wednesday with Kristen Nielsen, Secretary of Department of Homeland Security, and she presented some pretty crazy figures on what's going on at the border. You're absolutely correct. I mean, this hearing was a bombshell hearing. There were numerous figures brought up in this hearing that are alarming to politicians, us, and also the Border Patrol down there. And I don't know if you took a look at them yet, but the most alarming figure I saw was that over or near 1 million migrants are supposed to be entering through our southern border uh, in 2019. And to put this in perspective, it hasn't been around the 1 million uh, number figure since around 2006 during the Bush administration. So it's pretty crazy to think about, you know, how tough Trump has been towards, you know, the immigration issue, but we're still seeing these alarming numbers come in. And who knows, you know, with Venezuela on the brink of collapse and, and, you know, these asylum laws continue to be exploited by the migrants. I mean, the 1 million number could actually reach, you know, 1.5 million. I mean, it's just an estimate. So if these numbers are the worst, do you think that Trump is wrong to call this a crisis? No, I, I think it's absolutely a crisis. I mean, you see again and again people on the left calling it a manufacturer crisis or there is no southern uh, border crisis. But in reality, I mean, look at the sheer number of people coming over. I mean, those are the size of huge cities and the Border Patrol and the staffing down there simply doesn't have the manpower or the resources or even a border barrier to really uh, help mitigate the situation. All right, so I'm looking at the numbers. You're saying 1 million people are set to reach the border in 2019. The other numbers here that I see are that pregnancy tests are being administered to children as young as 10 years old. Yep, so I actually thought this was a rumor, kind of a thing that Border Patrol officials said unofficially, but uh, it turns out this is 100% correct. You know, these migrants, when they trek northward across, you know, the Northern Triangle countries of Guatemala, El Salvador, um, you know, into Mexico, you know, these are thousands of miles of, of a journey, and often they're, you know, confronted by cartels and uh, other dangerous human smugglers. So, yeah, you know, I'm not surprised that they're administering these tests to 10-year-olds. I mean, it's a sad reality, but it's definitely a humanitarian crisis as well. And then I see here that 76,000 apprehensions were made in February, which is a 31% increase from January. So the president is definitely not wrong when he's saying there's more people coming. And as the months get warmer, we're going to see more and more people on the border. And I just don't think it's fair when you look at this to the people living down there or the Border Patrol uh, to just leave them. Like I know a lot of the Democrats don't believe it's a crisis and they're just going to leave them without um, any tools or funding to deal with all this coming in. Absolutely. And now, you know, with I believe the Senate is voting basically not approve of Trump's emergency declaration to fund the border wall. So when that happens, he's, of course, going to veto that and hopefully secure more funding for a border barrier. But I mean, he's really, you know, he's not getting a lot of support, even from people in Congress, people from his own party. And, you know, you can clearly see by these figures there is a crisis and he needs as much help as possible. But why do you think he's not getting the support? Like, what's the deal? This looks pretty straightforward to me that there should be support, bipartisanship on this issue. I mean, that's the million dollar question. I mean, I think people within his own party, there are they are pressured a lot by these big kind of corporate interests. And a lot of these corporations, you know, I don't want to name them on here, but, you know, they want the cheap, low skilled labor. And they know that if they can pay 
you know, someone who's, ter someone who's here temporarily or someone who comes here illegally, you know, that will save them a lot more money than paying an American worker. So I think it's kind of a lot of this big business pressure on a lot of these Republicans, even though right. deep down they think, you know, what, there actually is a crisis. So even though we see on TV it's the Democrats that are really pushing against the border wall, there's even a bigger problem, I think, in the Republican Party where these people are yeah. leaning on Trump now. Absolutely. I mean, you know, most of the Republican Party takes a firm stance on immigration, but there are definitely individuals, especially in the Senate, who, you know, won't uh, support, you know, border construction or a border barrier. And I, I think that, you know, obviously with these new figures, it's, it's time to react. You know, what, what are we waiting for? You know, this, is, this has been an issue that's plagued the country for decades, and it's not been really improving at all. Well, talking about plague, I mean, the next stat I see here is 31,000 migrants expected to need U.S. hospital care in 2019. Um, this study is saying the average of 55 people per day need medical care. Uh, and cases of the mumps are showing up? Yeah. I mean, again, if you didn't think that the apprehension figures were alarming, I mean, look at the number of individuals, you know, requiring medical care. I mean, it's clearly a humanitarian crisis. It's also a public safety crisis. I mean, if a lot of these illegal aliens come through the border unchecked and we're not seeing where they end up going and now they're going into communities with diseases that we don't know even exist, I mean, that's certainly a problem. Not to yeah. say that every single person is going to come in with some dangerous disease. Yeah, but these but are diseases that we don't even see anymore in our country. Yeah, exactly. So people clearly aren't being properly vetted or you know checked for diseases or problems before they come yeah. in, which is, I mean, has always been standard procedure, I think, in our immigration system before. Yeah, and you know, the sad reality is, you know, I'm Guatemalan American, but I know when I've been to Guatemala, you know, three or four times now, you look at a lot of these hospitals and medical clinics and, you know, the type of medical care you're receiving there is not to the same degree, obviously, mm -hmm. as what you get in the United States or these Western nations. So, you know, I, I feel bad because a lot of these people are, are impoverished and, you know, they don't have the proper medical care in their home countries. And so, yeah, of course, they're going to be more vulnerable to diseases, especially, you know, when they're traveling thousands of miles in the dark, you know, right. in the heat. I mean, it's really, yeah, it, it's a huge problem. It's a public safety crisis, but also a humanitarian crisis. We need more resources for the Border Patrol and just uh, more resources for these migrants who, uh, you know, require the medical attention. So we were talking a little bit before about Trump and the pressure on the Republican Party. And I see the next point in your immigration update is that President Trump is shifting away from prioritizing American workers. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know we touched on it briefly, like you mentioned, but it, there is this big business pressure on the Republican Party where they, a lot of these corporations want cheap labor and they're willing to almost jeopardize our border security so that they can fulfill these interests of theirs. And it's a sad reality because the Republican Party should be completely united. Um, and if you can't get your own party around you, I mean, it's going to be tough to pass anything. And that's why I think we're seeing why this emergency declaration is being, um, you know, kind of countered. And obviously, there's other reasons why it's being countered. But uh, I think a, a big uh, factor is the the big corporate interest behind it. So, I mean, I've supported Trump on immigration from the beginning. Yeah. I've always liked what he said, and I always thought his policies were right. Um, but hearing lately, when I was at CPAC, I heard him say, or well, I wasn't there, but I was watching uh, mm -hmm. his speech, and he's talking about bringing in more workers than ever. He did the same thing at the State of the Union. He's clearly shifting. And I mean, I've supported him up until this point, but I think that I myself, I come from a working class family. Like, 
I'm going to feel differently about him and voting for him in 2020 if he doesn't prioritize the American worker in the upcoming year and a half. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's definitely going to be something for a lot of Trump voters and people who supported him because of the economy and because he was protecting American jobs and the American economy. I think uh, I think he's going to lose some valuable support if he abandons the people who got him here, which is largely, you know, populist sort of the people who are being left behind in this country. Right. You're spot on. I mean, the American worker, the blue blue collar type of workers who have been displaced by, you know, foreign workers or temporary legal immigrants, you know, they feel vulnerable. They feel, you know, that they should be not losing their jobs, especially the people that don't even live in their country or that are not even U.S. citizens. And I think that he still has to appeal to that base, like you said, and he could be in store, you know, for a tough 2020 election because he's not, he's kind of separating himself from the people that, you know, attended his rallies, who voted for him, who made him the popular figure that he is today. I mean, it's... Well, I think that's really what FAIR has to do now. I mean, we've been talking about it in the office, like, what do we do to keep Trump, you know, on message with what he's been saying all along? Because, you know, we we align with him on his immigration policies for the most part. And how do we remind his voters what got him into office? You know, because I think no one really wants to talk about this phenomenon. I've only really seen it covered a little bit that, you know, there's more corporate interests, Koch brothers' interests in mm-hmm. the White House lately. People really aren't talking about it yeah, no, too much not. because like the liberal media is not going to cover it because they don't want to show that Trump's being lenient on foreign workers. Right. And the right doesn't want to talk about it because they don't want to draw attention to the fact that Trump's base is getting sold out. Yep. yep. So... You you know, it really is up to us. I think it's really important that we are the people hammering on it. I know we're working on some ads right now, some videos. But, um, you know, I, I think I think it's just crucial that, you know, if Trump like, doesn't protect the American worker from the consequences of immigration and what's been going on, you know, I really think this is the last chance for a lot of people in our country, particularly in, like, industries that are getting mm-hmm. replaced by, you know, outsourcing, by uh, robots, you know, a yeah, lot automation, of... Yeah. yeah, a lot of people are really depending on him for their livelihood. I mean, this could have catastrophic effects if he doesn't stick to his guns and stick to his original uh, immigration plan. Yeah, and I think that, you know, going off of that, that's why we're creating this podcast, Mornings with Matthew, because... Julia and I here are part of a younger generation, and we want to get more people that are our age to see, you know, fair stance, why border security is important. Um, it seems like a lot of people our age, are, you know, are shifting more to the left than left with AOC and a lot of these far-left candidates. So it's definitely scary to see, but we're hope, we hope that through this podcast, you know, we kind of give you guys brand new perspectives um, that maybe the media is not even touching on or what you're not uh, very familiar with so yeah we're new to this so you know send in your questions send in suggestions uh, we would love to hear from everyone who's listening and we really want to talk about things that matter to uh, fair supporters and uh, just the general public and americans who want to know more about immigration so we'd really be thankful for everyone's feedback on this yeah absolutely so i guess kind of going off of that there's one story that we were briefly mentioning about kind of college tuition and seeing that we're recent college graduates we're now seeing a lot of these governors across the country proposing in-state tuition perks for illegal aliens. And I think that obviously this is a huge issue for people that are citizens who are seeking to go to a four-year university. And now, you know, they're not getting any kind of discount or financial aid because now this money is allocated to people that are illegal aliens in the country or undocumented immigrants, as they like to say. Um, so I don't know. You mentioned previously that 
being from New Jersey, that there might be some politicians that are yeah. there that are kind of talking about that? Well, I mean, right now, so I I did not go to college in New Jersey, but my sister's in college in New Jersey. My brother is a senior in high school in New Jersey. <clears throat> so they're both, you know, in the college system. And I mean, pairing this story about, like, illegal immigrants getting in-state tuition with the story that just broke in the last couple of days about, like, the elites basically paying for their kids to go to the best schools, yeah. I mean... It seems a little bit ridiculous to me that uh, I think it was Governor Phil Murphy's passed a law this past year, which I think about 500 or so kids benefited from getting state aid. And, uh, you know, just I don't understand why the state would be prioritizing like people from other countries. Well, they argue these left open borders, uh, politicians argue that because these legal aliens, if they get an education, then they can contribute to the economy and, you know, they're, you know, better productive citizens, or not even citizens, better productive people in, in our society. But, you know, I think that's kind of, you know, a misleading claim because, you know, once these people graduate from a college, who's to say that they don't go back to their home country where they came from? Who's to say that, you know, by the time they finish school, they're deported because of their legal status? Or even if they do remain in the country, you know, with a college education and a working a job, how much of those earnings they're making at their job is going back to the home country through remittances. So I think there's a lot of factors that don't justify why they should uh, receive the in-state tuition perk. But, but I mean, I that's just, crazy. I mean, what it comes down to for me is like, is America, like who is America prioritizing? Yeah. I mean, my, my brother and my sister, you know, we don't come from a family that has money where you can just afford it out of pocket to go to college. Yeah. You know, we need aid uh, or scholarships or whatever we can get. But, you know, is he really going to have to compete now, not just with, you know, the smartest kids in, in our state and in the country, but people from all over the world? All they have to do is get into the country and go through two years of high school, yeah. which already they get into for free. Right. Um, that's the only the only prerequisite to get in. And then they're just thrown into the mix. I mean, it's really in a time when everyone has to go to college and, you know, th- we're moving over away from from a, a more working class economy to more college-based degree economy, I mean, you know, that's a lot of competition yeah. for a kid these days to just, you know, 18 years old, they're expected to get a degree and go into the workforce, and now you're just throwing into the mix people from countries from all over the world. And I understand that it's a better opportunity for a lot of people when they don't have the uh, educational systems in their countries that we do, but does that mean that we compromise our own kids and our own future generation just so that other people can get a fair chance. I mean, I don't understand, like, do we have a country at that point if anyone's just allowed to come here and use our system and benefit from it? I agree. And so I went to school in Wisconsin, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and uh, unfortunately, Governor Scott Walker uh, did not win his re-election uh, recently. And so now there's a new governor, governor there named Tony Evers. Um, and so he actually just recently, I think a couple weeks ago, February 27th, I see here, that he proposed in-state tuition rates for, again, all illegal aliens residing in the state. And I'm thinking, you know, I just spent a fortune out of state uh, going to the university. I'm Guatemalan-American, and I can't qualify for an in-state tuition rate like that. And even, you know, even people within the university system are opposing this policy proposal. I see here that the UW uh, system president, Ray Cross, he wasn't sure if he was going to support this plan. I mean, this is administrative officials within the university, you know, uh, being uncertain about a a crazy policy like this. I mean, I I just, I don't know. I think it's 
unfortunate for a lot of American citizens who are working hard throughout their whole lifetime, who are actual citizens of the country, and now they can't qualify for a perk that someone who came here illegally does qualify for. Yeah, so basically what you should do is just get rid of your birth certificate. Say yeah, you weren't born point, in America and yeah. then just say, oh, I just came over the border. Oh, I got my college degree or my high school degree, wherever. And then you would qualify for those benefits. I mean, it's a little bit insane. It, it really is. So I, we're going to start seeing this more and more and more as a lot of these left-leaning open borders politicians uh, begin to spread around the country. I mean, we're seeing it already with, you know, sanctuary cities and jurisdictions expanding but um, i mean even the schools i mean my school they still email me all the time i, mean, I saw just now they're doing a, a gofundme or crowdfunding thing to put illegal aliens through college i mean what gives them the right any more than an american kid that right. they should get a special uh a special fund to go to college i mean you know, not every American, just because America is this great country and we have all these benefits that a lot of countries don't, that really doesn't mean that everyone can just afford to go to college and that we don't need help. I mean, there's plenty of people, plenty of people I grew up with, you know, sometimes my own family included, that could really use the extra yeah, assistance. I think most people could. I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it's a very small amount of the population that can really just afford to, no problem, yeah, we can go to college. That's yeah. fine. You know, it, it was a big decision for me when I went. It was a big decision for my sister. And it's something we have to sit down and look over the finances every day to figure out the best way to afford it. And, I mean, to just hear that the government is investing this money in people who, okay, maybe it's not their fault that their parents brought them here, but but to reward that by allowing yeah. them it's to incentivize get, yeah. more and more to come. And it's, I mean, and then just Americans just what just have to deal with yeah. it. We just have to, to pay the taxes. I mean, it's just, it's just a little bit unfair. Here, here's my, what, what I don't get is these politicians like Tony Evers or the governor of New Jersey, you mentioned, they get elected by U S citizens to execute certain policies that, that they want. So why aren't they listening to the voters and follow what they want? I, I mean, mean it, they're it, virtue signaling. They're just trying to show that, oh, I'm a great person. Look, I'm caring for, for these people. They came here. Yeah, and look I, at, I could look see at, that. I, look at this. And then they get to, like, you know, hug a couple people for some photo ops. And then, oh, what a great governor we have. But what about all the American kids that aren't getting help and aren't being, uh, you know, the pro the policies that are being put in place are not prioritizing them, are, you know, not prioritizing kids that whose parents have been here for, for decades and generations and who are American citizens. I mean, uh, it's just a little unreal. Yeah, it's certainly alarming. <laughs> I have no really answer to that. I mean, I think millions of Americans question that every single day with a lot of these decisions by these open borders politicians. Uh, but unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this podcast for this week. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be hopefully doing podcasts like this once a week. Uh, tune in for Mornings with Matthew. This is Matthew Tregesser, Julia Post. Thanks for coming along. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.